This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Pennsylvania is the biggest producer of mushrooms in the United States, followed by California. Coming up, we'll hear about small farms growing unique mushrooms to keep up with demand. The uh, ancient Greeks used to think that the mushrooms were sent from Zeus by his lightning because they would show up after the rain. That's James Bolas, the head chef and owner of Backwoods Bar and Kitchen in Dallas. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is is provided by Luke Frazier. A program aimed at tackling the state's teacher shortage is growing. Chris Schultz has more. Now in its second year, the West Virginia Grow Your Own program aims to start students interested in becoming teachers on the path to certification in high school. It is one piece of the state's attempts to address a shortage of more than 1,700 certified teachers. Jeff Hunter is a coordinator of educator preparation for the West Virginia Department of Education. He told the legislators of the Joint Standing Committee on Education Sunday evening, the 33 participating counties are now averaging 11 students in Grow Your Own. We need to have somewhere between 10 and 19 students per grade level participating if we're going to attack that teacher deficit that we're facing now. Hunter says the total number of students participating is up to 345 students from 235 last year. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. The state's PEIA director says the agency is making strides in controlling prescription costs and advancing wellness programs. Randy Yowie has more. Public Employees Insurance Agency Director Brian Cunningham says he's working on several fronts to reduce the latest round of premium increases that were approved last week. Speaking to the Interim Joint Standing Committee on Insurance and PEIA, Cunningham said the agency is seeking some initial prescription cost-reducing opportunities around diabetes, weight management, and migraine medications. He said PEIA is leveraging a program that allows federally qualified health centers to buy medications at up to a 70% savings. Cunningham said the agency is consolidating a number of wellness programs. We're targeting diabetes, weight management, and behavioral health. Cunningham said a number of expanding PEIA online wellness programs also target weight loss and controlling diabetes. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. West Virginia is well poised to benefit from future aerospace and aviation industry investments. Caroline McGregor reports. The aerospace industry looks extremely promising for West Virginia, according to panelists participating in an industry discussion at the Culture Center Monday. Participants included representatives from Vertex Partners, Aurora Flight Services, Marshall University and TMC Technologies. Tracy Miller, president of the Bridgeport-based Mid-Atlantic Aerospace Complex, said the future for the industry in the state is bright. We're in the flow of a new definition of aviation. And I think it's up to all of us to put your aerospace hat on. We can be the brain power behind anything we want to be in aviation. Discussion also centered around advanced air mobility systems, drones used to move people and cargo. The idea is being embraced as a way to get things like medicines to the state's rural Appalachian communities. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor in Charleston. 19 counties will see money to help with the construction or renovation of schools this year. Eric Douglas has more. 
The state building authority announced Monday nearly $112 million in funding for 19 counties. This is the largest single-year award from the SBA in more than a decade. The money will be used to construct 10 new schools and perform major renovations on 13 existing schools. The biggest single award goes to Wyoming County for the construction of the new Mullins PK-8 through school. The school system will receive $15.7 million. Six of the counties are receiving money for new school construction. Berkeley County is receiving $8.3 million, but that is one of three annual payments for a total of $25 million for the construction of a primary and intermediate school. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, this is Eric Douglas in Charleston. The president of West Virginia American Water cast doubt Monday on whether his company was responsible for a gas outage in Charleston last month. Curtis Tate has more. Rob Burton, the president of West Virginia American Water, told the state legislature on Monday that it's not certain a broken water main caused hundreds of residents on Charleston's west side to lose gas service. Burton, testifying to the Joint Standing Committee on Technology and Infrastructure, said the 8-inch iron pipe was installed in 1989 and could be expected to last 80 to 100 years. He said no problems with the pipe had been detected. The 8-inch ductile iron main was in good condition with no history of leaks, repairs, or customer issues dating back through our readily available records since 2009. From the beginning of the outage on November 10th, Governor Jim Justice has blamed West Virginia American Water for causing it. Mountaineer Gas has sued the water company, and the State Public Service Commission is investigating. Burton pushed back in his testimony Monday. Does the gas line have a leak history? Is it, also, it is also unknown as to which underground utility broke first. Burton said Mountaineer Gas has not provided details about the age and condition of its pipe. Until there is a full investigation, prematurely declaring what caused this incident will not be helpful to prevent such an event in the future. Burton also said Mountaineer Gas has not explained why it couldn't isolate more of its gas lines as water spread through them. Water ultimately got into 46 miles of gas lines and many customers' household service lines. West Virginia American Water is offering a reimbursement to affected residents of as much as $2,000, provided they sign a waiver. The PSC has said its investigation could take 180 to 250 days to complete. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. Becoming mostly sunny today, highs in the 40s, clear tonight, lows in the 20s, and sunny tomorrow with highs in the 40s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia Land Trust, protecting special places for local communities. Details at wvlandtrust.org. Pennsylvania is the biggest producer of mushrooms in the United States, followed by California. 
Foragers and foraging clubs find the fungus in the wild, while small farms are growing unique mushrooms to meet demand. Kat Bolas from WVIA brings us this story. The uh, ancient Greeks used to think that the mushrooms were sent from Zeus by his lightning because they would show up after the rain. That's James Bolas, the head chef and owner of Backwoods Bar and Kitchen in Dallas. He's also my cousin. Our dads were brothers. James is the first person I knew to go foraging. In August, I met him in the woods in Luzerne County. James brought along a packet of information about wild mushrooms and the National Audubon Society's Field Guide to Mushrooms in North America. James says mushrooms are not a plant or an animal. The spore-producing organisms have their own kingdom. There's 10 subphyla, 35 classes, 12 subclasses, and 129 orders. Of the estimated 3.8 million fungi species, only 148,000 have been described. There are four types of fungi. Some, like oyster mushrooms, grow on dead and decaying matter like dead trees. Others are parasitic. Endophytic mushrooms are the least understood fungi. They live within a plant, but don't cause them harm. They also don't provide any benefits. So it's not a symbiotic relationship. They're just hanging out together, which is interesting. Last are my cortisol fungi, like truffles. And that's going to be most of the ground mushrooms that you find. So, you want to go for a walk in the woods? Where, where do we have some good trails? James isn't the only person out there foraging. I joined along the Nature Conservancy's oh, Mushroom 101 program in the Poconos. Actually, there's another old saying amongst mushroom enthusiasts. Every mu- mushroom is edible. Once. <laughs> That's Dave Washleski from the Wyoming Valley Mushroom Club. He's guiding a small group of future foragers. Washleski is a citizen scientist. He uses mostly Latin names for the mushrooms. Now, dead man's fingers Sorry. are Xylaria. He's been hunting mushrooms for 40 years. But I've really become quite interested in collecting mushrooms to study, to preserve and pass along to researchers. Both Washleski and James say, before you start foraging, learn your trees. Some mushrooms prefer being in contact with coniferous trees, you know, over a hardwood like an Mm. oak or a maple and vice versa. When I met up with James, it was August. There was a dry spell followed by rain. He says that's an ideal time to forage. He always brings a field guide with him, and he doesn't rely on apps or an Internet search. James says when identifying mushrooms, there's a few characteristics to keep in mind. Look at the shape, size, and texture of the cap. Flip it over and check out the bottom. Is it a polypore, which looks like a sponge, or does it have gills? James recommends beginners avoid mushrooms with the thin, papery structures under the mushroom cap that look like an accordion folder. Most lethally poisonous mushrooms have gills. Check out the stem. If it has rings around it, James says to avoid that one too. There are many edible mushrooms, but that doesn't mean you should eat them. So when we're talking about mushrooms that are favorable for the plate, we call them choice mushrooms. While mushrooms and a vast variety of them seem to sprout up just about everywhere in nature, growing them for commercial purposes is complicated and scientific. You can't have mushrooms and Pennsylvania in the same sentence without mentioning the Kennett Square area of Chester County. So first we need to talk a little bit about history, the history of mushroom farms in, in Pennsylvania. Um, it started back in the late 1800s. That's Maria Gorgo from Penn State Extension. 
William Swain was a florist who lived in Kennett Square. Gorgo says in the 19th century he decided to grow mushrooms beneath his greenhouse benches. He became successful mostly because of his close proximity to Philadelphia. He was followed by other people, you know, by other farmers that started growing mushrooms in, in, in southeastern Pennsylvania. Gorgo says Pennsylvania is the number one producer of mushrooms, but it's not necessarily because of climate or soil or any other factors that typically impact crops. You can pretty much grow it everywhere, everywhere, anywhere. It's a 12 months, seven days a week production. Almost Back in the woods, James and I found so many different types of mushrooms. We took home black trumpet mushrooms. He says they're very specific to hardwood forests and grow mostly in the summer months. Yeah, this is a great, great haul here. If I spent the whole day out here, I could definitely find several pounds of these. Using a sharp knife, James cut the mushrooms close to their base. He says mushrooms that grow on trees are woodier the closer you get to the tree, so you can just snap them off at the cap. When we got back to the restaurant, he made a meal with our haul. James says raw mushrooms are hard to digest. They also have compounds you have to cook off to make the fungus edible. Mushrooms are more about texture than taste. Uh, the oyster mushroom, for instance, literally has the texture of an oyster once you cook it. I would say there's a wider range of textures than flavors. Once you like spot a couple mushrooms and then realize, oh, I can eat that. And then obviously the cooking side of things, I just... Yeah, I don't know. It all came together, and now I'm just obsessed with it. I don't know. I guess I've just always loved the idea of um, just free food, I guess, natural food, eating, off, eating from the land. Like, it just feels right. Reporting from Northeast PA and Avondale, I'm Kat Bolas. That was part of a longer story from WVIA. To hear more, visit their website at wvia.org. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.